Good morning. Oh, is everybody awake? It sounds kind of tired. A little bit sleepy today. We are glad you guys are here. We're going to ask everybody to come into the sanctuary so we can begin service. We're excited that everyone's here. Did you guys have a good week? Yay. <laughs> Still not awake yet, huh? Well, let's stand up, and we're going to start service this morning and just invite the Lord in. We're excited to be here in his presence. What an honor that we get to go into a public place and worship him. Don't you think that's amazing? Really amazing. So we're going to start our time off today. I'm inviting him in. Let's just invite him in. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, come into this place. Settle our hearts down. Get us ready for what you're going to do, Lord, because we are waiting with expectation because we know that you gather in the praises of your people. So we ask you to come right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's begin worship.
forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing His praise. We were the beggars, and now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, and now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted. you say good morning. We're glad you're in this place to worship our Lord. Would you guys join me this morning? We're going to go ahead and gather back together and, and just pray and continue to welcome him in. Lord Jesus, Father, Lord, we thank you for being here this morning. We thank you for the rain you've given us, Father. We are grateful for your people coming together to worship you. Father, what a privilege and an honor that we get to step into your throne room, that you have plans this morning for your church across the globe. All your people are worshiping you right now. I can't imagine what you're hearing in all different languages. It's amazing, Lord. Thank you for letting us be a part of it. And I pray, Father, we will continue to raise your name up this morning, to open our hearts to what you want to do. Lord, you feel free to move in this place. We pray, Jesus, that you will continue to lead us and guide us through this service. Father, we thank you for what you've done this week. Thank you for going before us, 
constantly and laying down the path that you want us to, to walk on and lighting it up. So, Lord, you take over. This service belongs to you. We are your children, and we're here to honor you and to worship you and how mighty and great you are. We love you, Father. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Scott's going to come up now and give you some information on what's happening. Good morning. Are you on yet? Good morning. Um, we, please look out for those connection cards we have out there, especially if you're new. We want to get some information from you or another way that you can share a prayer request that we can get that information from you and and be praying for for those requests that would be great we want to thank those that were part of our district assembly this is a gathering that happens from all the churches across colorado uh, was was meeting in springs first this week uh, we want to thank those that served as delegates there and were part of the mission and youth conventions uh, I know we had a great time, uh, that was yesterday at the youth convention, um, just a great time to be able to meet with youth leaders and youth from across Colorado, it's a, it was a great time. I think we have some pictures of that, so if you want to take a look at us, there's us stuffing our face and <laughs> some other pictures there, so we had a great time uh, at the district assembly this year. Um, vacation Bible School, guys, is less than a month away. It's crazy to think how fast time is going, but please um, please invite your friends to this. Please register your kids, uh, or, or we really need workers. We really need people to come and help out, uh, and please register as a worker for VBS. Uh, the lobby will have all of the information and, and places to sign up, so please check that out after the service. Um, also, Heritage Night is this Wednesday evening. This is for everyone. This isn't just for a certain group of our church. This is for everyone that is invited. Uh, that will be 6 to 8 here in the church. There will be a dinner provided, so please be sure to come on out for that. That is for everyone. Um, we are glad you're here, and I think we have Pastor Ben will be uh, taking the offering. Thanks, Scott. We've got so much to uh, share today. It takes two of us. And uh, rumor has it that we may have the founding pastor of this church here Wednesday night. And wouldn't that be good? So hope you guys will come to that. A lot of effort's been uh, put into it. Going to have some good food and uh, share good memories. And uh, should be a good time together on Wednesday night. I want uh, Scott and Kathy Meyer to come forward and stand here with me on the platform. And Keith and Alicia Lands and Larry King and Barbara Fritz and Benita Miller and Sharon Weesey and Jeff Schlump. Come right up here with me. Kelly and I, along with your church board, have selected these nine folks, and I think most of them are here. Benita and Cliff may still be making their way back from Alaska. We've selected these folks, and I think uh, we're going to call, call them uh, Partners in Progress. That sounds better than a transition team. What do you think? Uh, they're going to be working with uh, your church board and your staff and other ministry leaders to follow up on the recommendations made that came out of that assessment and that assessment report from Next Step Church Services. Uh, 
they're going to be busy in the next few months, and I wanted them to come forward uh, so that you could see who's on that team and to give us an opportunity to pray for them. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got some things to do. We're looking forward to uh, taking some action that will help us continue to move forward as his church in this community in the days ahead. Would you express your appreciation to these folks for their willingness to serve in that way? Thank you, Timmy. I really do appreciate you all. And uh, it's going to take all of us, really, to uh, continue to move forward and to get some things done. Uh, and why are we doing that? Because we want to be the church that God wants us to be. We want to make a difference in this world in Jesus' name. We want to see people saved. We want to see Christians growing in the faith. We want to reach young people and lost people. and uh, We want to uh, advance God's kingdom here in this uh, corner of the world that he's placed us in. Amen? So I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer for these folks. You pray uh, with me as I do. Thank you, God, for uh, these friends behind me and their willingness to serve, their willingness to invest some time and getting some things done around here. And, Lord, we pray for your blessing on their efforts. We pray that, Father, you would give them wisdom and discernment. We pray, Father, as they partner with our staff and ministry leaders and board, that together we would see some of the very best days we've ever seen. And, Lord, we know at the end of the day it's not uh, our efforts but your work that counts, Father. And, and we just pray that we would be partners in the work that you're already doing. Uh, God, uh, give these folks all the wisdom and grace and strength and time and desire that they need for the task that's theirs. We commit them uh, to you today and thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, guys. Let's thank them one more time as they back to their seats. Partners in progress. Hey, a couple, three other uh, notes in your uh, Sunday morning handout. We're celebrating Veronica, Ronnie Strobel's birthday this week. Now, actually, she's going to be 98, not 97. And her birthday is on June 30th, not June 27th. But we were close. And I hope that a lot of you will just take the time to uh, drop her a card and wish her a happy birthday. In fact, her uh, daughter, Beverly, has a birthday today. So you could actually hug on her before you leave and wish her a happy birthday. So that's a good thing. So thank you so much. Uh, we've got at least two celebrities in the crowd today, and we wanted to recognize them. Jen Gibson was voted uh, Teller County Top Physician for 2022. She's sitting right over here. That's awesome. And I read that little magazine. Now, I, if there's somebody else in there, let me know. But I know Timmy Edwards on the drum set today also made that list. Good job, Timmy. Vastly different businesses between Timmy and Jim. If you have septic problems, don't go to Jim. If you need a doctor, don't go to Timmy. Anyway, I think it's great. And anyone else that made that, uh, let us know. We'll celebrate you, too. But uh, really grateful for you guys. Before we take the offering, which we'll do in just a few minutes, uh, remember two weeks ago, I preached from the parable of the talents, a parable that Jesus taught. 
and I asked uh, three of our, well, I asked for volunteers, and we had three. And I told them uh, in two weeks we'd hear a report. And today we're going to hear one of those. I've decided to spread them out over three weeks. So I'm going to invite uh, Kanisha to come and stand right next to me. Uh, Kanisha received three talents, actually $10. And you remember the parable of the talents that uh, the owner of the vineyard uh, went off on a long journey and entrusted all that he had to three servants. To one he gave five talents, to another three, to another one. In our case, it was $20, $10, and $5. And you received $10 two weeks ago. What did you do with the $10 that you received? Do you want the whole story in two minutes? The whole story in two minutes would be... <laughs> well, um, yeah, so I got that $10, and... The Lord and I had a conversation ongoing for about a week, and I kept asking, are you sure this is what you want me to do? And he's like, yes, and then you do it this way. Okay, well, what about this? And he's like, no, I said, do it this way. So um, it was, and I kept asking him because it, it was kind of out of the box, not necessarily for me personally, but it's hard to share intimate things and conversations that I have with the Lord with other people. So, um, and to be public about it. So he gave me specific instructions. And um, what we did was, I, I'm divorced. I have my kids 50% of the time. So I didn't have my kids for about a week, almost. So when they came to my house on Tuesday, I said, I want every one of you to pick one person. And we asked six people, include, uh, five people including me, to match that $10 that was given. Everybody loved the idea of what we were going to do with it, and we actually ended up with more. We ended up with $90 total. But what God told me to do with it was, he said, you need to split this 10, this 10, and this 10, a five, five ones. Then you need to have this 10, this 10, and this 10. And our specific instructions were, we have, I love sticky notes. I don't know if anybody else likes those, but um, they're just wonderful things, <laughs> even for TPing people's cars. Um, so we wrote little notes on them that said, I love you from God. You're special from God. You are enough, God. I made you for a reason, God. And we figured out how to, <laughs> to fold up those bills, each of them, and wrap them in a sticky note. And then yesterday, I took four kids, and we went to Walmart, and we passed them around. Just, here you go, this is for you. And they're like, what is it? Open it and see. And then we just walk away. Um, Jackson gave one to a couple, and we were walking around Walmart, and we saw them again. She said, thank you so much. And it wasn't just like, you know, you can kind of read people's faces, and like there's the sarcastic face and the disbelief face, but this was like a genuine wow. And um, I have one kid who is very, who will not be named, 
he's very doesn't really want to talk to strangers and stuff and he's like mom I don't I don't want to do that and so I said well why don't you find some places to stick those notes and so he he loved that idea of course and so you know I'm just really excited because I don't know what's going to happen from all that um, God told me specifically, oh, in the two, the three ten dollars, which we had ended up with another stack of a five, some five ones, and then forty dollars. Is that right? Something like that. It, it was all ninety, and we gave it all away. Um, but God told me specifically, you as a mom, you understand what it's like to be overwhelmed with a herd of kids who are all like six and under, and going to the store by yourself because there's nobody to watch them um, and how crazy that is and insane. Um, and he's like, I want you to put, well, and with the others, we actually went to Goodwill afterwards. Um, story about that. My daughter, Trinity, went and found a bag at Goodwill up in Denver. Perfect bag for her. There was a $10 bill in it that it paid for itself. And it touched her so much. So we went to Goodwill, and don't go looking. Um, <laughs> made some very important placements. I will tell you the one. It was in a diaper bag. It was the only diaper bag there. Because I remember those days really well. And it's, it's overwhelming when you're a mom with a lot of kids who are crazy. When the weather changes, full moon. You just pick a day, and it's crazy day. So, um, but that's what we did, and I think it affected the kids really, really well. Um, they enjoyed it. It was fun, so. Hey, that's good stuff, right? Thank you, Kanisha. You can. But as you go, let me say, well done, good and faithful servant, amen? And she, uh, she invested that money and multiplied it a couple of times over. Hey, what's the point of all that? Life is a gift, and we all have time and talent and money and the capacity to love, and God wants us to do something with it. Pay the blessings forward. Invest it. Give it away. And I'll guarantee that little activity, which I kind of suspect is just part and parcel of Kanisha's life, will bear fruit that lasts. Amen? Very good. Look forward to those other reports as well in the weeks to come. The call for our ushers to come and wait on us for the morning tithes and offerings. Thank God for all he's blessed us with. And uh, thank you for your, your giving this morning. Praise be to his name.
through Jesus. Isn't that great? Everybody wants to be on varsity. You're on varsity. That's awesome to, to realize that. I just love it. I'm getting Dan changed over to his base here, but boy, this week at uh, District Assembly was awesome to hear all the church's pastors report and the struggles that they are going through and the things that we get to pray for them for. So um, they're lifting our church up too, and I want you to know that you're being prayed for by so many churches across Colorado. It's, it's a beautiful thing to gather together and to all of us lift that up together. And we can believe what God's going to do because he's going to do amazing things here and he's doing it across the district. And we're just so excited about that. So fast changeover. Were you guys ready to continue worshiping? Let's continue. They say this mountain can't be moved. They say these chains will never break. But
Let's pray together. Father, what a beautiful name it is. Jesus Christ, we have come to worship you. You are such a good Savior. Father, we thank you so much for the incredible love that you have for each one of us. And Father, I pray that each one of us will know that you love us, that you are on our side that you have called us to live a life that is full of, of love, full of joy, full of gladness. I just pray, Father, for anyone here that is doubting your love for them, 
I just pray, Lord, that you will wrap your arms around them. May they feel your hug today. Jesus, I just want to lift up those who are going through tough times right now. I pray for Barbara and her family as they are um, remembering the loss of their, their dad. And I just pray, Lord, you'll be so near to them. And others, Lord, who are struggling, others who are just um, not sure they're going to make it. Father, I just pray that you'll draw up near to them and help them. Lord, I just thank you so much that you have called each one of us into your kingdom. I thank you, Father, that you have called us to be on your mission, to continue Christ's mission here on earth, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the church. We thank you for this community, Lord, that is on mission for you to make a difference in our world. Jesus, you came to save a lost and dying world. And how I pray, Father, that you will just continue to work through us. And I thank you so much for each one of those that received um, that gift yesterday at Walmart or at Goodwill, those that will receive those gifts. I pray that you will use those sticky notes in powerful ways, Lord, to show your love to them. I just pray that you will just continue to work through our church to spread your love all over this community and all over this world. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that empowers us to do what feels impossible to us. And Father, I just pray that you will bless and anoint this time that we're here together today with your Spirit. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Beautiful worship today. Isn't it so good to be together worshiping the Lord, our Lord and Savior together today? And thank you. I want to say thank you again for being our church family. You guys are wonderful. I just love you all so very much. And it's so good to be a part of this church family during this time. I'm going to be preaching a message. And this from a scripture that I think you guys can, can memorize. It's from John 10.10. 10. Some of you may already know that scripture. But it says, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life. Talking about you, talking about me. And that they might have it more abundantly. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The abundant life that Jesus came to give us refers to life in its abounding fullness of joy and strength for our spirit, soul, and body. Abundant life is a fulfilled and satisfied life. Jesus doesn't want us to just live a simple, bare existence kind of a life. But he wants us, you and me, to live in the fullness of his blessing, which is complete with joy, love, purpose, and peace. Doesn't that sound awesome? Okay, I have a little illustration for you. This represents life. It's a piece of apple pie. It's a piece of apple pie with crumble on the top and a little caramel. It's good. 
Life is good. Scripture tells us that God breathed life into us. Genesis 2-7 says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Life is good. He called our lives good. He called it very good. This piece of pie, it's good, isn't it? I'm sure you're all hoping I'm going to give this piece of pie away. But it is good. But Jesus, uh-oh, that's dangerous. Jesus came to give us life abundantly. <laughs> which, which are you living? Bare existence, life, or the life that Jesus came to give us that is more abundantly? This is the life that I want to live. And this is the life that I think you want to live as well. And this is the life that the world needs to see. This is our example of the abundant life in Christ. We'll see who's going to fight over this at the end of the service. Larry, you might have to race up here in order to get it. But again, which one are you experiencing? Bare existence or life that Christ came to give us, which is life in abundance. I know that many of you have gone through some very tough times. We've been hearing your stories, and some of them are very, very difficult. Many of you have struggled through devastating losses. Some of you, I know, are just going through the motions and just getting through each and every day. Life is hard. And some days, abundant life seems totally out of the question. The good news is that abundant life in Christ is not dependent on your circumstances. It's not. Abundant life in Christ is not dependent on your circumstances. So no matter what life has thrown at us, or what life will throw at us, we can all experience abundant life in him. I want to tell you the story about my cousin, Amy. She's pictured there with her family. Beautiful family. Beautiful, wonderful husband. Beautiful family. They live up in Hanson, Idaho. Not too long after this picture was taken, Ryan, her husband, was riding his bike, which he did, I think, every morning, um, on the long, straight road there near his house. And a woman in a van came up behind him. And we don't know if she fell asleep. We don't know if she wasn't paying attention. But she hit Ryan. And he was killed instantly. Her life totally changed in an instant. She was left with these four beautiful children. And she grieved deeply. She grieved deeply. We went to visit her a year or two or three after that, and she was still 
grieving. You could see it in her countenance, in her spirit. It was a very, very tough time. And, you know, we're tempted to say abundant life after that, mm -mm, impossible. But our abundant life is not dependent upon our circumstances. And I thank the Lord for that. Because even after going through such a devastating loss, abundant life is still possible because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. And what I admire so much about my cousin, Amy, is that she chose to forgive that young woman, that woman. It was another mom. It was another mom with kids who was devastated as well. It was an accident but she chose to forgive and to embrace the abundant life that Christ still had for her in spite of her devastating loss. Jesus came to give each one of us abundant life, even if we're struggling, even if we've experienced loss. That abundant life is still possible for each one of us. Jesus wants us to experience love and joy and peace and laughter and happiness. But there are things in our lives that can greatly hinder us from experiencing, from truly living the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And I want to talk about these four hindrances. I know there are a lot more than four, but I don't want to keep you here all day. But I'm going to talk about four hindrances to the abundant life that Christ came to give us. And these four are wrinkles in our relationships, negative thought life, our emotions or our feelings, or hanging on to unhealthy habits or sin or hang-ups. Now, I'm sure none of you have ever struggled with any of those but I'm going to talk about them anyway, okay? And this morning, you're actually going to get a two-for-one deal because I'm going to share with you some valuable life hacks as well. Do you all know what life hacks are? You read about them on Pinterest or on Facebook, and they're just simple ways to make life simpler or easier or better. And many times they're, they're introduced something like this. Do this and it will change your life, right? Don't we see that a lot on Facebook? Do this and it will change your life. Now, most of the life hacks that we read on Facebook or on Pinterest involve three ingredients. Do you all know what they are? Dawn dishwashing liquid, right? Every life hack involves that. White vinegar, every, every life hack involves that. And dryer sheets. If you have that in your pantry, you're fine. You know, that's all you really need. Life will be easier and better. Well, my life hacks that I'm going to share with you today don't involve any of those ingredients. But let's take some of these life hacks and see how we can apply them to the abundant life that Jesus talks about in John 10, 10. The first hindrance to the abundant life is wrinkles in our relationships. 
No one likes wrinkles, whether they're on our bodies, in our clothes, or in our relationships, right? Always, yeah, this is your life hack, first life hack for this morning. Always fold or hang up your clothes immediately after taking them out of the dryer. That's pretty good advice, isn't it? Why would we do that? Keeps our clothes from getting wrinkled, right? Our temptation is always just to pile it right there in the laundry basket and deal with it later. That's my temptation. Fortunately, I married a, a neat Nick here who always folds the clothes out of the dryer. But when you do that, it's better because then your clothes don't get all wrinkled. The longer your clothes sit in that laundry basket or in a big pile on your bed, the wrinkles set in and they get harder and harder to get out. You might even have to find the iron if you own one and use it. Now, if you're under the age of 30, this is an iron right here. It's an old-fashioned tool that is used to remove wrinkles in clothing. That's what that is. Never to be used on clothes that you are wearing. Never. I know some of you have tried that. I know. We don't like wrinkles in our clothes, and wrinkles in our relationships will greatly hinder the abundant life that Christ came to gave us, to give us. Someone hurts our feelings, or maybe we hurt theirs, their feelings, and then we don't do anything about it. Most of the time, it's not even intentional. It's accidental. But we just let it sit there and fester, right? Or we get mad at someone. And instead of talking about it and working it out, we just stay mad, right? Relationships are broken. Bad feelings take over. And no iron is big enough to get those wrinkles out. Scripture teaches us to deal with matters in relationships immediately. The longer they sit, the more the bad feelings set in, just like wrinkles in a basket of clothes. In fact, Scripture teaches us to deal with relationship issues before we go to bed. That's the same day. Scripture tells us to deal with those things the very same day that it happens. Ephesians 4.26 says, Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Why would we ever want to help the devil? We don't want to give him a foothold in our lives, do we? We've got to settle those matters before we go to bed. Yes, we do get angry. Yes, we do are emotional beings. But what we do with those feelings and how we express them and how those, motion, those emotions affect others determines whether we're responding in a Christ-like manner or not. And the longer that we hold on to our anger, the wrinkles set in and they get harder and harder to get out. You know, friends, God can help us 
learn how to respond to people instead of reacting. That's an important difference. Responding to people versus reacting. When we respond to people, we're allowing time for the Holy Spirit to enter into the situation and diffuse it. When we react in a situation, we're lowering ourselves to the world's standards. We're giving in to our emotion, and we almost always regret it later. Amen? And harbored anger turns to bitterness. And bitterness doesn't look good on anyone, does it? We also must ask God to help us to forgive those who wrong us. Not always because they deserve it, but because Jesus tells us to forgive them. And unforgiveness will rob us of our abundant life. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. I learned a song, this, but I will not sing it for you, but it helps you to remember that verse when you put it in a song. When it comes to forgiveness, who set the example? Jesus did, didn't he? He forgave me, and he forgave you. Did we always deserve it? No. We need to forgive others. We need to use Christ as that example and forgive others because Jesus tells us to do that. And whether you are the one who hurt the other person or if that other person's the one who hurt you, pick up the phone and talk to that person. Make it right. Bring the hurt out into the open because the other person, they may be clueless. They may not even know that they hurt you. Bring it out into the open. I always say that things kept in secret is are Satan's playground. When things are, are within us and we're not saying anything and they're not saying anything to us, boy, the enemy is having a heyday. But once we take whatever is bothering us and we bring that out into the open, out into God's light, Satan loses his grip on that situation. And God's light can diffuse it and bring about peace and healing in that relationship. Broken relationships, hurt feelings, unforgiveness, and anger robs us of the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. If we want to experience that abundant life, right there, if we want to experience that, then we need to take the initiative and make things right with the people in our lives. Think about the power of words. What we say to people has a lot of power they can destroy relationships. Our words can destroy relationships. Proverbs 18.21 says that the tongue has the power of life and death. Our words can either tear down someone 
or build them up. And we want to be sure that our words are always building people up. We want our words to infuse life into people, not death. Ephesians 4.29, a, a scripture that we used with our girls growing up constantly. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so it might benefit those who listen. Words are powerful. Can you all still remember some of the things that people, that maybe um, other young people said to you in middle school or elementary school? We can still remember those hurtful things, can't we? Words are powerful, and we want to be sure that we are building others up with our words. The old motto, if you can't say anything nice, then don't say anything at all, that's a good one. One of my prayers is, Lord, help me to know when to speak up and when to shut up. They're both very important. Don't allow wrinkles in your relationships to rob you of the abundant life that Christ came to give you. Take the initiative and deal with those issues. Another hindrance to the abundant life is our thought life, right? Negative thinking. Stinking thinking is what's sometimes referred to. Life hack. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you want to go back to sleep, if you begin to try to remember the dream that you were having when you woke up, it will help you go back to sleep. You ever heard that before? I heard that one time years ago, and so that's what I do. If I wake up at 3 o'clock, I know my mind is racing and I'm tempting to, to begin to worry and think about all I need to do and think about things that are bothering me. But instead, I force my mind to try to remember the dream that I was in the middle of when I woke up. And it helps me to drift back to sleep. Philippians 4.8 talks about controlling our thought life. We can control our thought life. Because Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Do you want God's peace? I do. It begins right here. Do your thoughts naturally go in this direction? Probably not. I know mine don't. But there's a lot that we can um, think about with our thoughts that can affect, that can determine whether we have positive thoughts or negative thoughts. And it depends on what you're putting in your mind. What are you watching on TV? What are you reading? Who are you hanging out with? What are the messages that you are taking in? Those things are affecting our thought life. And if we want peace and we want the abundant life that Christ came to give us, then we need to ask God to help us with our thought life. 
And I have learned with my thought life that I need to get control of it immediately. I cannot allow it to spiral down and down and down and down and then try to get control of my thought life. I need to immediately switch my thinking to something positive. And I have had to also learn the triggers of my negative thinking. Um, such as if I wake up and I lay in bed in the morning and I start to think, my thoughts can very easily start to spiral downward. For some reason, I'm vulnerable to the messages that the enemy wants to feed me about being a failure or messing up or doing this or doing that. And I've learned I've got to get up out of bed. I cannot lay there in bed and allow the enemy to, to, to control my, my thinking. So learning your triggers, learning those things and doing something about it helps you to take control of your thought life. When you start to think about what you don't have, begin to count your blessings. Begin to think about the ways that God has blessed you. The enemy will flee. Those thoughts will turn into positive thinking instead of negative thinking. Take control of your thought life and don't let those negative thoughts control you. Our emotions and feelings can also greatly hinder the abundant life that Christ wants to give us. Life hack. Did you know that the act of smiling makes you feel better? If you are down, just try smiling and see if you begin to feel better. Okay, we're going to practice this one, everybody. I want you to smile at me. Don't you feel better? Don't you feel good? The act of smiling actually makes you feel better. It's so true. This teaches us that when you are feeling down, when you are having just a tough day, there are things that we can do that help us to feel better. Smiling is one of those things. Another thing that I like to do if I'm having a down day is I like to go visit somebody. I like to... Take, you know, just go and bring some joy to someone else. And it brings them joy, and it always helps me. There was a woman back home named Pat who was in a nursing home. She had a stroke, actually, in one of our Easter services there. And she ended up um, living in a nursing home after that. But I tell you what, I love to visit her. And I love to visit her partly because she loved it when I visited her, and it made me feel so happy because she was happy. And so if I was ever having a down day, if I was just feeling bad, I would just always go visit Pat in the nursing home. And I would walk out, and I would just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm feeling so much better. Thank you that I can bring her joy, and she's bringing joy to me as well. So do something. Take action. When you are having a down day, do something to lift your spirits up. And a lot of times that means going and helping someone else and lifting their spirits as well. My final life hack is get rid of stuff that no longer sparks joy in you. Get rid of it. You Has anybody read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo? Has everybody, anybody read that book? That is a great book. 
that is a great book because she talks about, you know, she talks about getting rid of things in your home. Now, you guys probably don't have that issue of having too much stuff in your home, but I know I do. I did. Um, so I read her book, and her philosophy is you take everything in your home a category at a time. So you first of all have your clothes. We all probably have too many clothes, clothes that we're not wearing anymore, but we hang on to them because someday we might wear them. You know what? Even though it doesn't look that great, it's uncomfortable and all this, we might wear it someday, so we hang on to it. She says, take all your clothes. Go in all your closets and pile all your clothes on your bed, and you will be amazed at how big that pile is. And then she says, take them one by one, hold it up, and say, does this spark joy in me? And it's amazing because there's just so many things that we hang on to that we hate to wear. I had this one pair of pants that had the tag thing in the back that just bugged me to death. I hated to wear those pants because of that tag thing. It felt They just felt so uncomfortable. But I paid, what, $15, $20 for those pants, so I had to keep them hanging in my closet, right? But you know what? I took those pair of pants, I folded them up, and set it in the pile to give them away. And it was like free. I felt so good about that because I was getting rid of stuff that really did not bring me joy. She also has you take your socks, and instead of putting them in a big ball that makes them look like a potato, she has you fold them that makes them look like a sushi. So that's kind of different. I tried doing it to Ben's sock drawer, but he was not happy with his socks looking like sushi. <laughs> but, you know, just as, you know, giving away, getting rid of things that don't bring us joy in our home, we need to do that with our lives, don't we? There are things, there are practices, there are habits, there are relationships in our lives that no longer spark joy in us and are really not healthy for us. Hebrews 12, 1, and this was a scripture Ben used last week, and when we hear a scripture two weeks in a row, we need to pay attention to that scripture, friends. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off, give away, get rid of, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Each of us has our race to run. There's people that are cheering us on, wanting us to go. But some of us are running the race with, with, with things just around our ankle, with things that are holding us back, with people maybe that are holding us back unhealthy things in our lives that is not helping us to run that race but is hindering us. We need to get rid of those things. We need to be freed from those things. Are you hanging on to things that are not healthy? And are they hindering you from experiencing the abundant life that Christ came to give you? I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up. Is there any sin in your lives 
that's keeping you from living the abundant life that Jesus came to give you? Sin can so easily creep into our lives, even if we are Christians, and entangle us. We all know that if we're trying to run the race with something entangling us, that it's not long before we're flat on our faces. Sin needs to be dealt with if, we're go- if we are going to live a life, an abundant life. We need to admit our sin to God and ask him to forgive us. And he does that. He does that. If we confess our sin to him, he is faithful to forgive us. But it all comes down to trust. Trusting that Christ can really give you and me that abundant life. Do I trust him enough to be able to enjoy this abundant life, to give up whatever it is I need to give up, to change whatever it is, to change so that I can have that abundant life? I'm going to invite you to stand. And if you are living that bare existence life, when Christ came to give you abundant life, as we sing this final song, I invite you to come up here to the altars to pray. This is a great opportunity to deal with any of those issues that I talked about today, any of those scriptures that might come to mind, something that might be tripping you up, anything in your life that is unhealthy. Christ wants to take that away from us. He came to give us abundant life. He died to give us eternal life in heaven with him. Let's not miss it. I invite you to come up during this song and pray and ask God to come in and take that away and to fill you with that abundant Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for this truth that we've been able to take in and, and hopefully apply to our lives of recognizing things in our lives that are just weighing us down, that are keeping us from your true abundant life, Lord. We thank you that you offer that freely to us. Uh, if we claim you, we claim you by faith, Lord. We can walk that life. 
Thank you for being with us in this time. We pray that you you go with us now. Bless us as we go, as we uh, seek to live that abundant life this week. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, be sure to check out the VBS station in the lobby and, and see if you can register and, and, and be part of that wonderful event. You guys are now dismissed. down into the valley filled with dried bones baking in the sun remains that used to be a mighty army to him it looked like the fighting days were done but driven by your calling on his life spoke God's words, the bones began to shake. He stared wide-eyed as the flesh began to form. And as it prophesied to the wind, the soldiers began to wake. And the Lord sent his wind into the valley and breathed the breath of life into their souls and raised them again a mighty army. Soon these arisen warriors will battle again. But they have been filled with the spirit then. Holy Spirit.